What's up, gifted family? Welcome to another episode of the show that is the GP YouTube. Just a reminder that if you support what we do here, make sure to go over to giftedperformance.com and sign up for our automated coaching service. For only a dollar a day, you'll get access to 15 highly customized training programs, a macronutrient calculator, our meal planning feature that lets you build and save meals based on your macros, as well as access to our private Facebook group. All subscriptions help us in continuing to put out great content to get you to your fitness goals. Thanks for stopping by, and without any further delay, let's get into today's video. Enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Another episode of the GPP, the Gifted Performance Podcast, where we give you the information and the practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparedness. Today's a little bit of a merger episode. It's like an athlete diaries mixed with a Gifted Performance Podcast. So, guys, do not, please do not let me down. Everyone bring their A game. We're merging it all together. It's a super episode. Are you ready, Cam? Are you fucking ready? I'm always ready. I'm joined by one familiar face, Mr. Cameron Cheek. He needs no introduction. He's here all the time. You guys are probably sick of him by now. In my bottom right, who knows where he'll show up on the actual episode itself, is Mr. Jonathan T. Pelkey, IFBB Pro, third place at the Battle of Texas himself. He's yeah. eating oatmeal this morning. And he's feeling good. How are you, JT? I'm good. I got my eggs, too. Can you see that? Got some yeah. eggs. I just want to say, because people ask me this all the time. Well, not all the time, sometimes. But I actually go by Travel. That's what the T stands for. So, Travel. So, you can call me whatever you want, but just so my thing. Right. No. <laughs> I didn't know this until one day out from the show. Yeah, bro. I can't be like, bro, you know he goes by Travel. I'm like, what the... <laughs> Yeah, it's no big deal. I'm from Lexington, Oklahoma. So population of like me is the black people. So you I are think, the one and only Travel. I'm everything but, so it's fine. And of course, we've got Mr. Jarrett Crew. We call him Piggy around here, and he's back in full swing. Full pig swing. Hashtag macro wars himself. Jared Crew, the king of the flow. How are you today? What do you do? What do you do, man? What's going on? Damn it. Same thing. Same old, same old. All right. So we brought everybody on today. Jarek just wrapped up prep for the Chicago Pro as well as the Battle of Texas. Uh, and then he took his talent or, well, the second show, he took his talents to the Battle of Texas where he competed with, and now I know his name, Travel over there. Um, so Jarek finished second at Chicago Pro, correct? Yep. Second place at the Chicago Pro, fourth place at the Battle of Texas, where a JT barely edged him out. And JT, I got a confession for you. So I bet, you know Dom Kuza, another coach. Yeah, so I bet, and I, I, you, can, you, can, you can rail me out for this if you want. I bet, Dom, that Jarek would beat you. And I'm sorry, and I was wrong. <laughs> and you cost me 50 bucks, man. It cost me 50 bucks. No worries, no hard so feelings. I don't know who I, I know could a lot be of people mad at. JT for showing up looking like a fucking world killer or Jarek for letting me down. Jarek, come on, man. 
Send me a redemption sweatshirt or something because you cost me 50 bucks. It's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, get a sweatshirt around here. But yeah, so JT and Jarek himself finished 3-4 at the Texas Battle of Texas. Cam, a successful season overall, you would say? Uh, yeah, man, I, I would say so. First two pro shows, three top five placings. So not mad about it. And with some rookies, too. Some rooks. Some Competitive uh, shows, too, if I remember correctly, right? Big turnouts for both of them. A lot of competitors. I know Texas had, what, 19 guys? Texas oh, no. had 30. 30. What the fuck? I didn't even know there were 30. It was lit, man. Classic physique competition. Yeah. I want to say Chicago was like 23 or 24. And then Texas Texas was like 33. And Chicago, um, just because I don't have as much experience in the pro league and haven't been keeping up until like recently. But apparently with it being the last Olympia qualifier for this year, it was pretty slammed. And then... I was not expecting Texas to be even more difficult, um, but Texas was even more loaded than uh, Chicago was. Like the guy that got fourth at Chicago took like seventh or eighth at Texas. So he was one of the guys looking at me confused. Yeah, people looking <laughs> confused. Like how? How? What happened? Well, that's, that's how I was at Chicago for me, bro. Honestly, <laughs> this guy top ten at Texas was solid. It, it was just at that point, like, within that top 10 or somewhere around there, it's just like a few percent from person to person. Stage presence. Definitely. Flow. It's all about the flow. Ask me, stage presence. Some people, some people got it. Some people don't. Some of them boys are scared. All right, let's actually roll into some introductions for the people that have not met you guys before. JT, I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you. I hope you're ready. So how how'd you get into bodybuilding? So when did bodybuilding start for you? Well, um, I guess I would say back in like eighth grade. No, that's that's whenever I started lifting weights, uh, but I didn't know anything about bodybuilding. Um, I just lifted weights for football and I played football all the way through. I, I, I went to uh, central Oklahoma here in Edmond and played uh, football. And then I hurt my knee and I was always like one of the stronger guys. I always lifted weights. My high school coach was a powerlifting uh, state champion and just taught us all that stuff. And so when I got done with football, I had a bad knee injury and like I was a track guy and a wide receiver. And like after the knee injury, all that stuff was done. So kept lifting weights and eventually Instagram came around. I saw a bunch of swole shredded guys and I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I bet I can do that. So when, when did you end up doing your first show? 2017. I uh, prepped myself for a men's physique show. Natty right. as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do? Did you win uh, overall champ? Yeah. No, I got third place, um, which I feel like if I had a coach or something, I, I definitely, my physique could have won that show, but I'm really glad I didn't because I learned a lot. Yeah, I think you see that a lot when these guys, they roll into shows and they start winning. They're super blessed, super gifted with a really good physique. And then they start rolling into shows and it's first place, first place, first place. And they kind of, so yeah, I would have to agree that, that that third place can humble you. It's a good learning experience out the gate. Yeah. Um, pro card when'd you get that 
Uh, that was last year, 2019, at the USA Championships. Uh, took the overall at that Bandwagon Classic. This year. USA, Travel. Redemption. <laughs> so. Still got his buddy right there. <laughs> those are huge, man. Those things are those things are always look so good. Those USA overalls, massive. Yeah. Better than the Battle of Texas one, but I mean, <laughs> understood. Uh, so you, who were you working with at the time that you won your pro card, Cam? I think you told me Andrew Vu. Yeah, I had a different coach that's uh, local. Well, here here in Tulsa. Um, to start that prep. So it was really like a like 20 week prep. But um, so I had a different coach local to start that prep. And then eight weeks out from USA's, I went to a friend convinced me to start working with Andrew Vu. And we, we got the thing done. Got it done. So how did you end up linking up with Cam after you won your pro card? Good old Instagram. Just uh, we had talked and messaged and just interacted. I mean, we're, I guess you could say we were friends as, as friends as you could be on Instagram. And, uh, I'd saw, I saw what he was doing with Jarek for the Chicago pro prep. And I was like, hell yeah. I just liked what I was seeing as far as like, uh, just all the information and, and data, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, I just, I just felt like it just seemed like a lot of, <laughs> I don't know how to explain. just what I saw just seemed like the, the the prep was going good. The communication between them was good and all that. So I was like, yeah, let's let's try this out because I was about to prep myself. And I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> I remember when he hit me up because we had talked. Uh, we'd gone back and forth about ideas and ideology, I guess, if you will, with training it and stuff like that. And I've spoken with him before and I could tell like, okay, this athlete, he's a little bit smarter than most that you see among the industry. And I remember one day I was leaving the gym and he had hit me up and he goes, Hey man, I have a question. And, and I don't know what it was, but deep down, I was like, man, why do I have a feeling that he's about to ask me to coach him? I was like, okay, but I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm sure it's just about something about training, whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, like ask whatever I'll help where I can. And he was just like, so what do you think about uh, coaching me for my pro debut? And I was just like, yes, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Cam, you didn't play hard to get. You didn't like leave him on red for a couple of hours. No, I mean, I was, was low key just because of position I was in. Like with my previous cut, I was like low key, like, damn, dude, come on, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. I was like a little worried because I really wanted to do that show. So compared to Jarek's prep, you had a little bit of a shorter prep, right? Well, Jarek had the prep that never ended because he did Chicago and then rolled into Texas nine weeks later or whatever it was. But yours was a little quicker, right? Yeah, Jarek is a champion. I would have – hell no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I prepped myself, I guess. I was eating bagels and peanut butter and jelly and shit. Uh I started at 17 weeks out, so I had good intentions. Um, and then I got to about 10 weeks out. And honestly, looking back at pictures, like I feel like I was kind of delusional because I remember like posing in my mirror back here and like looking at shit like, oh, I'm going to win this shit. Like, let's go. And then, uh, yeah, once I got with Cam, just start transforming. And then like looking back on the pictures, I'm like, oh, my God. So anyways, I don't even know if I addressed the question. Yeah, 10 weeks was was our prep. 
Okay. Yeah. I remember you guys linking up around that nine, 10 weeks out, Mark. Cam was like, oh, man, I got this guy with crazy structure. I said, no way he's going to beat Jarek. Not my boy. <laughs> Not my boy, Jarek. Yeah, they were, they were both uh... – they, they both have their own uniqueness to their physique. So all the time I would have people like, who do you think is going to win? And obviously, you know, you y'all both were there. Like I didn't pick favorites or go biased towards anybody, even though I'd known Jarek for years now. And him and I are boys. It was still tough because I was like, I can't. I, I got to be a coach here like treat them evenly and people would ask like, oh, who do you think is going to going to place higher? And I'm just like. I have no clue. I, I was literally just like, I don't know. Like, they, they both look so good and have their own kind of look to them that it was just kind of like whoever shows up better that day is going to win. But it, it could go back and forth. I mean, if we if y'all can compete against each other show after show, it, it's just going to be whoever's on that day. Like, it, it could just keep going back and forth. Yeah, hey, kind of back and forth on stage. Cam, you talk about how you know Jarek from a while ago, but I know Jarek from a while, a while ago. Back in the day, Jarek, you had you had, bitch. you had you had just won your pro card, right? And you were guest posing at what? Seminal uh, typo. Yeah, seminal. seminal. Yeah, so I had Anthony in that show winning the overall as a lightweight, and I was like, oh, man, this guy that's guest posing, he's a pretty nice fellow. He was nice to Anthony backstage, helped him get ready, and Anthony was like, oh, man, I got, like, a older brother. And I was like, I don't, he doesn't look like you. He doesn't look like your older brother, sir. It's, it's a good example that, you know, you never know who you're talking to, and just always be kind, you know? I didn't know I was talking to a legend, but now I do. So, Jarek, I got the same questions at you. When did you start bodybuilding? When was your first show? And when did you get that pro card? So, I started bodybuilding, well, similar to JT, I was always into weightlifting. Um, I played ball through high school, so that was always incorporated. Um, I really started taking it serious, i say 2016. I met an older guy in the gym, and he was getting ready for a show. I didn't even know what bodybuilding was. Like, I didn't even know anything about the sport. And he was like, yeah, man, yeah, man, I'm getting ready for a show, man. And I'm looking at him like, okay, okay. <laughs> so he goes, does a show that following weekend, comes back, yeah, man, I, I, I placed first in my class. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, really? I was like, man, if he could do that shit, I could do that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So ever since then, it's been like, I've just been gunning. You know what I mean? And I went to work as soon as he got back. And um, uh, we did a show literally like two months after he um, got back and won his first place uh, trophy. And I placed first in my very first show uh, as a novice. And I was comparing men's No, not men's physique. No. Men's physique. Uh, yeah, men's physique. Men's physique. Board shorts. So that's how it started. And um, so I ran a couple of shows. I did about two, three more shows. And then I felt like classic was, you know, where I needed to be. Because I already had the legs. I need the board shorts. And so I ran with that. Placed second um, for my class of physique uh, debut. But placed first in overall in my men's physique. Because I did a crossover. Uh, it was the third show. And so, I mean, that's, that's how it started. And then... You know, I don't want to keep keep going, but yeah, started in 2016, and yeah. Hey, so you played slower in men's physique, you said? 
The men's physique actually plays overall. In my oh, you yeah. Never mind. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, in my third show, um, I played second in my classic uh, debut. Was that when you competed against Ray? Yeah. And you beat him in the overall? Yeah, mid for classic. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a crazy show. Ray brought it, um, and that's how we, me and Ray actually linked up. That's when I first met Ray, and we've been boys ever since. So the boar shorts, those were your gateway drug to the classic trunks. The classic trunks were the gateway drug to posing half naked in a Santa hat on Instagram for everyone to see. <laughs> I think that was like the second year classic uh, was like, you know, introduced. Yeah, it was, it was fairly fresh. And I wish honestly, I wish I started the year of, you know, classic physique first opening. But, um, you know. This is what it is. So you got your pro card at Universe, right? Was that 2017? 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah, so, 2018 Universe. So between, between that gap, I did about five shows um, before Universe in 2018, um, where I went first in my class and missed the overall. But um, it was it was a crazy experience, man. Like, I couldn't even, when they were saying, like, at the end of the show, um, when they had everybody take pictures, I couldn't even hold my composure. Like I was still, I could probably look up the photo right now. I was like literally crying, holding my hand up, like you know what I'm saying, taking the photo. But it was crazy. So what what was what was the source of that emotion when you were when you were crying on stage? Like what was what was what were you feeling in that moment? So, man, within those five shows. It was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of sacrifice that I didn't know came with the sport. And so, uh, you know, when you put all the work in and all that time and make all those sacrifices and you reap what you what you work so hard for, it's, it's really emotional. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I literally had a flashback of everything I went through and being being in a relationship and with, you know what I'm saying? On top of that, it's tough. It's tough. You gotta find balance. He was and just still, really still working on finding balance. He was just really hungry and tired. <laughs> ah, bro, trust Real me. Patient. It was tough. It was tough. So when we talk about sacrifice, we talk about it being tough. That I mean, that's a perfect segue to this competition season for you, Jarek. It was I mean, it was a long, long prep. A lot of sacrifice went into this. So kind of walk me through dieting for so long. How was your training? Um, was this approach different than diets that you had done in the past, stretching it out for so long? Just walk me through the whole experience and then maybe Cam can come in and provide some data as well. Data. We love data. So similar to JT, you know. I was talking with Ken through Instagram and, you know, became friends, homies, and uh, we had similar um, ideas and ideologies and we kind of clicked on that level. And at the time I was with a company, I'm not going to say the name. Um, and Are you they, allowed to say the name? I don't, I don't know if I should. <laughs> I don't think that's good for business. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. I said it. Blacklisted. You know what I mean? Canceled. And, uh... They're canceled. <laughs> So uh, I just didn't like the way they were doing things and treating their athletes. And it was, it, was, it was so cookie cutter to the point where it almost made me not want to coach anymore. And um, so what happened was 
I was prepping Sayers, Jeremy, for that first show. And I put him into it. And Jarek and I had talked since my first show because I remember him just commenting and being like, oh, damn, like you, you were classic. You posed well. Like you did good for your first show and stuff like that. And he saw me prep Sayers, and Jarek was currently working for that coaching company. And he wanted to pick my brain on how I peaked him and stuff like that. And so I was just like, yeah, sure. Like we can talk and we got more into it. And Jarek was like, oh, wow. Like this is a lot more detailed than they have me doing things. And Jarek simply just wanted to learn more. And so we, we kept talking and stuff. And I think there were maybe one or two clients where, I kind of was a second eye for him into peeking people into shows and giving him some advice and stuff. And he realized the level of detail that you can put into athletes if you really want to. And I remember him telling his boss at the time, like, Hey, like I want to cut down my workload a lot so I can, like, I can't do all this with this many people that you're putting on my plate. Like it's just not possible. And I remember her being like, no, like you won't make as much money. Like we got to bring the money in. And Jarek was just like, I don't care, like coaching and do what I'm supposed to do. And she just, I don't think she really cared for Jarek putting more time into the athletes and cutting down workload. Because I think at the time they, they had you with what, like 70 plus athletes for only like 2,500 a month. Yeah, almost 100 athletes, man, all together, um, male and female. And um, I also was doing um, marketing, uh, setting up, help setting up camps, running camps. He was doing uh, a lot. Was, I was like, bro, you should it, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I even, I even offered to cut my pay just so I can focus on just the athletes. You know what I mean? And she was like, no, no, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And da, 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 da. and pretty much like belittle me. And that was like icing on the cake. You know what I mean? I was like, no, Cam, let's run it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So they threatened us both too. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, yeah. Some legal, legal stuff got into play. It, was, it, got, it got dirty. It got real dirty. I remember Jarek being, you were kind of jobless at the time because you wanted me to coach you and stuff. And she had just completely cut your contract and everything. And you were jobless and started up flow. And I was like, look, if I get on gifted one day, I was like, I'm going to bring you with me. Cause you kind of were the first like pro to come on and give me a chance too. Yeah, talk about sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lily had no income. Had my, my just had my daughter. You know what I mean? And they knew all this, you know what I mean? And they just kind of just like, yeah. So, but fast forward, got with Kim. Um, I think we started on what, like May? May of 2019. 2019. Uh, so, 218 pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it was a crazy, it was a rough start. Um, but I knew I had trust in Cam and I knew. I knew Cam had what it takes. Like I, I already envisioned um, this moment here, um, where he's at in his coaching career, because he was just so meticulous about everything that he did to the point where sometimes I would get frustrated. Like, bro, you're too freaking detailed, bro. You know what I'm saying? But that's the coach that I want. You know what I mean? He'd be like, man, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't care. I still want the numbers. <laughs> yeah, 
and then training was was definitely new to me. I was introduced to RAR style of training, um, which I thought was pretty cool, um, with all the all the data and everything backing it. And um, we ran with that. Which we were bringing Paul on to do his training after yeah. probably about nine or ten months into me doing it. At that point, it was kind of like I, I noticed like Jarek was really starting to take form into what kind of athlete he could become and how advanced he was. And so I was like, okay, I want to bring in Paul to have that specialized eye on just his training. So credit, credit to Paul there um, for a lot of what he did. Yeah. So, um, and we kind of just clicked, man, us three. Um, we had a good, we had good chemistry and, um, we, we decided on doing, what show was it? Originally Tampa Pro, but then the COVID hit um, and the schedules got completely uh, messed up. So we went with Chicago Pro, which we felt like was ideal with the timeline. No, I thought you were going to do Pittsburgh. No, that was, that's right. Pittsburgh Pro. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was. I wanted to do Tampa Pro, but we, we decided for Pittsburgh because it made more sense. And then the COVID hit. But um, did Chicago play second? Um, that prep was about what, uh, twenty weeks, twenty four weeks. That one was uh, I've got it pulled up right here. That one ended up being twenty eight. Twenty eight weeks. So, so yeah, it was twenty eight to Chicago plus another seven, so thirty five weeks total. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> JT Snoop. But, um, I mean, first 28, honestly, the first four weeks, it was a little rough because I was still in um, the mode of, you know, the off-season mode of eating with freedom, a little bit more freedom and variety. And I would just, like, fight myself or fight them and be like, man, nah, man, just keep me on the my fitness pal. You know, we, we got this, I promise. And, and and it got to a point where Cam just had to lay, lay, lay the, the hammer down. And he's like, no, listen, we're going to hit the meal plan. And after that, things just went smooth. Um, so realistically, about 24-week prep, if you want to say it like that. Um, but once we finished Chicago, um, and I feel like just having that um, – that fire in me that it's my first show, my first pro show, you know, um, it was a lot easier um, coming to Chicago. But after the after Chicago and into Battle of Texas, it was a lot. For me, mentally, it was a lot tougher. Um, and, and I had a lot of other outside factors that came into play as well. Um, that hard. And um, I feel like long-term preps just from my experience does not work well with me um that's just you know through experience you know what i'm saying and i feel like even adding in more food <laughs> made it worse for me well the me thing once uh b because he got to a point with chicago where his conditioning um you know i think if we were to go on to an olympia stage either holding it or pushing a little bit more would be what's required and the level uh but i think for a, a qualifier for the olympia it was apparent like his condition stood out at chicago and he was in a spot where he, he's in the fight with that condition so the goal was to hold that same condition and then get judge feedback and it was just more fullness in the upper body um and everything else was solid so <laughs> we came out of the show and uh 
we slow i kind of took a slower approach to working up his food out the gate um, cam cam set, set the timeline here set the in terms of the amount of weeks between shows came out of chicago had how much time what was like your goal between the shows and then kind of how did you guys execute on that yeah so we had uh we had seven weeks in between um and so let's see yeah we had seven weeks in between um and so what I realized, because this was the first time where I was kind of had to bridge somebody in between shows like that, and they were pretty peeled for the first one. Um, I realized after we got things going and just at least with him and what I would do in the future now is I ended up working up his food somewhat slower out of the gate to start. Um, and in reality, what I probably should have done is push food high right out the gate and then slowly started to clean back up after that. Because for the first three weeks into that reverse, he held well. Um, and then he started having, you know, there were some health things going on with his mother and just other outside life stressors that were just a little bit too much on him at the time. Um, and I think about four weeks after Chicago, um, there were some points where uh, he would eat a little bit over off plan, stuff like that. And it was just, you know, it just kind of happened. So next time I'll just know with him, you know, maybe have food higher um, straight coming out of the show um, and then clean up later on. But it kind of put us in this spot where, you know, Chicago was here and he held tight, tight, tight. And then there was a point where he kind of fell behind a little bit halfway through. And so we had to kind of clean up on the way into the show, but also wanted to make sure that we held that fullness because that was the main goal was bringing a fuller look, um, which he did. He was about, what were you, about nine, no, 11 pounds heavier. Yeah, you were about 11 pounds heavier for the Texas show. Um, yeah. So we got the fullness that we wanted and everything like that. Um, and I think next time just bringing a little bit more condition with it as well will be a good mix, but it's just kind of hard to find that middle ground. Yeah. Like, like I felt, um, that, uh, cam peaked us fucking really good. You know what I mean? Definitely felt hard and full, um, um, in, in battle of Texas than I did in Chicago. Most definitely. But like he said, we could probably could have been a little bit, a little bit sharper, uh, a little bit leaner, um, and that was due to you know um, that gap, that bridge between Chicago and uh, Battle of Texas. But so yeah, I, I think next time, I think seven weeks in between shows. If someone has to, you know, like we'll get it done. But I think the most optimal, if we're able to set things up, would maybe be anywhere between two at the earliest and maybe four or five at the latest, just depending on you know, how much improvement you want to have from show to show. But I think in terms of mental stability, like anywhere from two to five weeks is probably a sweet spot. Seven was just a little bit long. Like, I, I ain't gonna lie, man. It it broke me. Like, I was, like, emotional as hell. Like, I'm not even a really emotional type of dude. And I remember calling Cameron, or even, like, the time when we was at Chicago, and uh, Malia's mom called me, and <laughs> she uh, she announced that she on her will and everything. And I'm like, 
crying. <laughs> Cameron's like, bro, everything's going to be good, bro. <laughs> and, like, those situations, I really don't, you know, uh, break like that. But it definitely, it, it, the prep really, really, really broke me um, mentally, emotionally. But that's what it takes, you know what I'm saying? And I know that's what, what this sport's about. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to um, 2021. Bro, spoiler alerts. Come on, Jarek, we're getting there eventually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all right, JT, we're we're coming for you now, JT. So you had a you're a pretty good juxtaposition to to Jarek because you had such a quick diet. Is that is that how you've always done things, moving a lot faster? Do you prefer going faster? Uh, I have always kind of been the the type to. <clears throat> Yeah, it's always kind of been shorter preps, but I will say I had a very relatable experience getting ready for USA's because uh, I did my Oklahoma show uh, really just for, I, I mean, I didn't need to qualify or anything. I actually competed in bodybuilding because I wanted to be Mr. Oklahoma. I didn't compete in classic or anything else. I just only did bodybuilding as a heavyweight and uh, wanted to be Mr. Oklahoma. And miss the, the USA's was eight weeks after that. So I, I went through something very similar, just having that gap in between shows. Like I was, I was, I was ready to be done at any moment. And uh, like, I almost, it was like two or three weeks early, they had the universe. And like, I almost like just moved a bunch of shit around last second and went and did the universe and would have had it to win and uh, deny either Tony or Justin Batterina pro card, one of them. <laughs> But uh, I love love both those guys. But uh, but yeah, aside from that, uh, most of my shows, like the first show I ever did that I prepped myself for, I started prepping it eight weeks out. Um, Second show, I guess I can't remember the exact timeline, but it's always been kind of shorter like that. Uh, oh, and my second show was uh, oh my second show was an OCB show actually. I forgot about that. I prepped for five weeks and I was fat as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and I still I still won. I won that classic and men's physique and got a pro card. And so I was like, yeah, this is retarded. So uh, I was fat as shit. I was like one ninety five fat. And uh, anyways, then I did another. I I, I prepped for. Uh, my first classic physique NPC show and uh, was kind of doing my own thing. I got with the coach at like five weeks out and he got me pretty peeled actually. Um, but I've just always been pretty lean. Like if I just stop eating food, I'll just start getting shredded. Like I just, I mean, obviously I'll lose some muscle as well, but uh, I always stay really lean. So yeah, short preps have always been my thing. <laughs> I like, I like to pretend like I'm a young Kevin LeBron. <laughs> it's just because you're able to hold lean this well. <laughs> yeah, I'm blessed in that in that uh, aspect for sure. Yeah, he came to me in a pretty good spot where I was almost just like, I remember uh, when we first started, I either told like Ryan and Dom or maybe all like Ryan Dom all like, uh, man, this JT dude, like one, he's got good structure, but like look look at the numbers and like the body comp that I'm working with here. And it was, uh, it, it allowed me to do a lot of little tinkering around and playing with things just because we were able to with, you know, how lean you were and where your food was at and everything. Yeah. I just, I'm definitely blessed to have, uh, well, not just blessed. I mean, there's been many things that I've done over life to create this metabolism, but yeah, my metabolism is like insane right now. Like whenever I eat a whole bunch of bad shit, like 
I just get full and veiny and like that's it. Like I'm talking like ice cream, like whatever. <laughs> it's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm blessed. I love it. So I feel like I, I can't let it go uh, to waste. So I'll keep getting on stage. And that's another thing too, man. A lot of a lot of um uh, people you see in the gym, you look at them, you like if only they knew, you know what I'm saying? If only they knew what they could do, you know what I mean? And to be aware, be one of the people to be aware that you have the advantage and running with it, bro, is is a, is a blessing, bro. Yeah, because the thing is, too, people will be like, man, like, what you did with JT is crazy. Like, you're a wizard. And I was, just, I'd just tell people straight up, like, man, th- this is only, like, the second pro show I've put somebody in. But these pro athletes, like, with genetics, it's, it's a bit easier than working with average people. I was like... Yeah, we, we got pretty meticulous with stuff, but it, it, it was pretty easy <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, and also another thing that Instagram, well, social media gets in the way of uh, is that people don't understand like the real time it takes to to create this. Like, <clears throat> like this has been I mean, it's just years and years and years of eating and training a certain way and posing uh, posing, like, I cannot stress that enough. Like, posing is just something that I I just tell my clients all the time. Reps, 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 reps. There's no there's no alternative. Repetition. Yep. Uh, and that's for all this stuff. So and, that's, that's something that people forget to see side by sides. I could definitely agree with that. With the posing thing, too, it was super cool for me as a coach because one of my biggest pet peeves is when I have an athlete dialed in, on point, I know they're going to have a good showing, but they just haven't put the time into posing. And usually whenever that's realized and the athlete is kind of realized like, oh, shit, I'm behind, it's almost too late because, you know, if you're you're truly going to be ready for a show you know, six weeks out and under that suffering dial is really going to start cranking up and the mental clarity and everything with posing your patience isn't, it's just not going to be there. So to be a coach and especially having these two going into shows where I know, okay, their posing is on point. Literally it may just be, I see them when I get there during peak week and we make like one or two little tweaks here and there to oppose. But outside of that, knowing like, okay, these guys are going to put on a show, like they go up there and dance. Like it's kind of a reward for me as a coach come finals, whenever they both were in top five. And I was like, okay, cool. Like the work's done. I actually get to just sit back and kind of enjoy this. And really too, like, uh, I have pride as a coach going into like we went into that show and I took y'all two in it and I kind of had like pride walking in the door with y'all and at finals knowing like those are my boys like <laughs> those are my guys that are posing up there like <laughs> yeah that's how it should be yeah. that team I like that I like that talk about reps, though, because people and I'm sure that you guys being really good posers get this all the time. Like, what was the secret to getting good at posing? And you guys don't have a good answer. You're just like, yo, I just posed a lot. Like, how did you get good at squatting? Like, I squatted a lot. How did you get good at riding a bike? You rode your bike a lot. You just you get the reps. So I like that, JT. So, JT, let me ask you about that final look at Battle of Texas. How did you feel about it? Were you pleased with it? How does it stack up with previous physiques that you've brought to the stage? Anything? Thing that you wish you could turn the dial back on time and do over again? Uh, if I could turn the, the dial back on time, I would start training more intensely 
earlier uh, because I felt like that affected me and I tried to play a little bit of catch up at the end and like I like I wasn't able to hit my last leg day which I mean it all worked out I'm not not upset about it but I I just I do this something I did this for USA's too that like right towards the end of prep I'm like kind of getting more motivated slash like not 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 nervous or worried but just like like okay let's get this shit going and uh we were like so on time with the conditioning that uh and when i say on time in my mind being in prep and everything with the prep brain i'm thinking i'm behind but we're we're so on time to the point to where i'm thinking like okay i need to do some extra shit and uh I, I just started doing heavier squats. I mean, some rack pulls, some de- like shit I don't ever even do. But I was like mainly trying to target the glutes in the lower back because like that's the indicator of being shredded pretty much. And so then I just was like super sore, like the whole all of peak week. I was like so sore that I could barely even pose. And uh, but yeah, so that would be the only thing I'd say that uh, like going into the next show, I'm going to start training more intense on certain certain areas a little bit uh earlier earlier out but as far as the actual peak and my look and everything i was i was really happy with it so when i did that one show in oklahoma when i just bodybuilded or did bodybuilding um i was able to get super full and i really loved my look i could have been a little bit leaner but i loved my look for that show and everybody said i looked super classic and blah blah blah, blah. and then turn around eight weeks later i went to death mode and just got super peeled and uh was at usa is just like kind of scrawny and so like being peeled is cool but again like i i'm looking at my stage shots like dude i don't even want to fucking post these on instagram i look like a bitch but then uh so coming into this last show was like a very good balance of both it was a really good balance of both because i was peeled but i wasn't like skeletor like look like i'm like just dying and then uh was super full but like no gut and like not like i didn't feel like i spilled so i was really really happy with the look and i just felt like with with how everything went with peaking and and the confidence that cam showed because like cam would be like like typing some shit up or like thinking some shit up and i'm like fuck dude what's about to happen and like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like the whole time like there was there was times throughout prep where i felt like this a little bit because i mean cam is super young never worked with him before and i'm thinking like dude i hope this doesn't fuck shit up and but i just keep doing it and then like when i get all the way to the day of weigh-ins and he mixes up this fucking gatorade concoction <laughs> and i've told so many people about this he mixes up this concoction and i'm like thinking in my head like I still remember what it is, too. I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm going to drink this shit, and I'm going to get bloated as fuck. (laughs) And uh, I just remember asking Cam, like, a couple just, like, bullshit questions, like, hey, so we're going to drink this, like, like right after weigh-ins or like just not even real questions but i was just like want sure? to know like, is this okay for sure? <laughs> but then, uh, yeah after we 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 both weighed in and, and drank that shit and got bloated for like 20 minutes but then like an hour later we go to the bathroom to check and it's like me and me and jared both turned into like so I got their photos and I walk out and I'm thinking they're going to put on their clothes and follow me. And I'm in the lobby for like 
15 minutes by myself waiting on them and all of a sudden i look on instagram and there's all these videos <laughs> they're posing and posting all these pictures and i'm like they're in there just feeling that, themselves hey, like <laughs> that right there was a, a major major like change in energy because it was like it was like leading up to that like i get i get really like just like blank during peak week i'm just like don't give a shit about anything whatever happens happens like i'm just whatever and i was still kind of feeling that same way like just i don't even i don't care like whatever happens happens and then we saw we drank that shit was in the bathroom posing around the shit and i was like oh shit and we were both like let's go that was a tough thing with peaking them and going into this show with uh travel like I knew he had gotten peeled in the past and that was something, especially looking at his physique and his genetics, like to get Jonathan peeled, isn't something that's crazy to brag about just because he can do it anyways. So the tough part was, you know, we wanted to make sure that he could bring fullness because we knew he was going to be shredded. And from the start, when we were laying out everything, you know, his whole protocols for everything, we really wanted to tailor and focus around, okay, let's see what kind of fullness we can bring. We've got the time to get you peeled. Um, And the way that he handles food and stuff, uh, there, there was a period we started his prep and we were pretty conservative with things and he only lost about five pounds within the first six weeks. Um, but he, he recomped a lot. And so once we accomplished that, then we shifted gears, got more aggressive in the middle portion and then pulled back near the end. So going into peak week, I think his average daily caloric intake at two or three weeks out was like 3,400 calories a day. His steps were around like 6,000 a day. and He would do, anywhere from 800 or 600 to maybe 800 calories of cardio a week. Um, so he had to make weight as well with his low days being like, I think they were over 300 grams of carbs and his maintenance day was like 480. I knew he was going to have to eat a lot to fill out. So making weight at, you know, what was it like 5 p.m. with a 12 p.m. prejudging the next day? It was really tough to fill out and, and, you know, dial back. But with the fullness that we were able to get, I was pretty happy with it with the time. And I'm really happy that I wasn't bloated as shit, too, because that's that's the thing. Like I've had I had a coach previously that was he's really he's pretty good at peaking, um, especially whenever they have a guy like me that's like like more on the lean side and has to get full versus a guy that is like doesn't like not always as lean and you just have to you know move variables around to see what what has to change to, to peak right and uh with with that coach it was like i couldn't finish my meals i was bloated as shit the next day and you know it's just trial and error with everybody i'm not like trying to say that guy was the worst ever he's definitely not but this this time just went well in all aspects like it just i i can't say i really can't say anything bad about any of it as the biggest thing for me like i said earlier that i'm a big big on like the vibes like i smoke a lot was smoking the whole prep and peak week and everything and uh i mean i'd be on my bed like once it kind of came like towards the last half of the week like i'm in bed 
all day, laying down, feet kicked up. I got an incense burning next to me, smoking, got a Netflix show going. I don't get up unless I got to pee and or eat or weigh in or whatever. And uh, just the fact that just how it all went, it was able to all go really, really well in that aspect. And Cam, just as far as like communication and stuff, he was just like, yeah, bro, just chill. And uh, it, it, it all worked out. Like I felt really, really good about it. There, I had, I had a guy, uh, I had a couple people tell me like, you could have won that show. Uh, and I'm just like, bro, like, stop it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not even trying to hear that shit. Like that was the, that was one of the best experiences for prep I've ever had. So like, I would trade that for winning the show. You know what I mean? Like whenever I won USA's, it was such a struggle that I didn't know if I wanted to bodybuild anymore. And I'm not like, I was scared that that was going to happen again. I don't want to deal with it. I want to bodybuild. And after this whole experience, like, I feel like, okay, my end and my placing, I just feel like, okay, like I can do this shit. Like I'm going to keep doing this shit for a while. Yeah. Like I, I don't think some people realize too, at the pro level, like, the value on a placing is so much different than a national show or a local show, you know, like national, you, you take an athlete into a national show, like a good placing is placing within that, you know, top three or, or getting that pro card um, on top of improving any prior look that they've had on stage. But at a pro show, you know, I, I try and tell people like, especially when when i'm coaching like younger guys like y'all two in it and people are telling me like oh man like they're gonna win this thing or or they may have a shot and i'm just like yeah man like we're gonna do everything we can but you gotta understand like you gotta respect the elders in the sport and you gotta respect the pro league and they went into that show and the two guys that placed higher than them those are boys where i just knew going into the show like if, if they're getting compared next to Courage and that Chris Asante guy, like, and, and they're holding their own within a few placings next to them, like, sure, we might not be there yet, but that just goes to show what, what they're potentially capable of in the future. Because you're talking about people that have been doing it for years and years and years and have been on the Arnold stage or on the Olympia stage. Like, you know, at that level, everybody's so good that it's, it's just about who shows up on the day the best and a lot of it's just so much of an educated guest and especially going into things where jt it was our first show jerick it was only the second those first couple you're kind of going into things a little bit blind you know like that first show it's kind of like a hit or miss you're kind of going into it when where you don't really know what response may necessarily be so to go in and them being that young and compete and compare with those guys was a, a huge deal and a nice like assessment to start off the rookie you know and pro career why, why do people do that on instagram why do they have to suck the fun and rob the joy they're like oh like, oh, yeah, you got third place, and you know, yeah, that's pretty good. But, like, bro, you should have won. You should have won. Like, what bro, the fuck is, what is, what is your response supposed to be there? Like, what do they got, want from you? I got a text message. I got a text message as soon as I stepped off of prejudging stage and was just like, you should have won that show. And I won't say what else was said in the, the text, but you should have won that show. And I want you to talk to such and such and think about this. I'm like, bro, stop it. Like, 
like at the end of the day, you know, you went on for USA's at like 196, 197, you know, and you did this one, you had to make weight and we kind of barely did by making you not eat or drink a whole lot on the day, the day of another thing too, that people, and, and I don't like, I don't hold anything against anyone. This is my life. And, but like, I broke my hand at USA's and then had to recover from that. And then I tore my rectus femoris in like March and like my hope my leg looks totally different and I still am like 10 pounds heavier. Like I, it's a fucking W for me. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It was a W. I feel great. Well, the way that I look at things anyways is when, when I assess like, you know, was a show a successful win or not? You know, the placing kind of goes out the window when I'm looking at things like that. The first thing I'm looking at, you know, did we bring your best look you've ever brought? Okay, boom. Initial first win. Did we do everything we could have done as both a coach and athlete working together to bring your best look? Boom. Done. Like, you know, that that's a win. And from there, all you can do is we've got all this data and now experience working together that we can take from it and just improve towards the future. And, you know, like a lot of people look at things as just a win and it's kind of like, would you feel better if you want to show, but you know, your look was kind of off, but you, you just still so happen to win it. Or would you feel better if you took like runner up or third place and you've just brought your best look possible and you're like, okay, like, I'm a better bodybuilder now. I didn't win the show, but I'm today I'm the best bodybuilder I've ever been versus, oh, yeah, I won the show, but I know I could have been better. I, I kind of mix those two together, actually, because the way I look at it was that I definitely brought my, my best look like as far as progress. Um, but the fact that I lost to the guys I lost to and I see my flaws and it's not flaws in peaking or anything like it's nothing that could be done during the prep, but it's like, I see my flaws in my physique. Like I need to bring up certain areas and have a certain look, but I was still able to accomplish what I was like in my mind, I'm going to have another improvement season and I'm going to win a show and I'm going to go to the Olympia. So, it, I mean, that's just how I feel about it because that experience like really opened my eyes. Like, okay, yeah, shit, I fit in here and I'm not even nearly as good as I know I can be from a physique standpoint. You just learn, you just learn every, every show, you just learn more about yourself. And that's just going to only add to, to, you know, you improving as an athlete. But um, going back to what JT was saying about getting, receiving text messages about, hey, man, you should have won this, that, and third. Man, honestly, man, if you really think about it, it's just a fan at a smaller scale. You're not yeah, where you have millions of fans, but... Think about how many people backs, you know, Dexter Jackson in the comments under his his posts. Oh, yeah. I mean, they like their the tribe of, you know what I'm saying? It's just their fans, bro. You just gotta take it, take it, take it with a grain of salt, you know, take the positive out of the negative. I just say, I just say thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. But we're gonna come back better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. On the topic of getting better, I'm going to let Cam set the stage on this one because Jarek is already talking about, oh, next year, the first thing next year, I'm being a show. 
I'm ready, bro. Is Ryan frozen? What are the plans for these two right here? Okay. Um, Am I frozen? Am I good? Am I back? Yeah, were, Am I back? Am I back? I'm good? I think you're good okay. now. You said what are the plans for next year? Or just yeah. So <clears throat> I uh, – I want to schedule a call with both of them and talk more anyways, just to kind oh, of... You're on a call with them. Do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to do is I do want to get some... First. Huh? I'm saying they hear it first. The fans hear it first. I want to get some judge feedback. I kind of already know where things need to kind of come up, be improved, stuff like that. But I do want to get some judge feedback just to kind of see what their thoughts are as well. Um, and then from there, you know, I think both of them are in a spot where they can go into shows because, Jarek, you did two. JT, you did one. But both of those shows, I want to say, were relatively stacked compared to most of uh, shows throughout the pro circuit on a normal year without COVID. Um so I, I could say with confidence, you know, if they were to go into this next season and make a couple runs at shows, I think that they could qualify for the Olympia based off of point standings. Um, but my thing is I would rather if, if needed, take a little bit extra time and instead of hitting an earlier show in the year, hit a later show and try and win that. So if they were to qualify for the Olympia, they're able to have the improvements needed to be competitive at that level because winning a pro show and being competitive in the Olympia are two entirely different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know uh, JT and I, we we briefly talked last night and I I sent him over a show date um, and I think him and I will talk more about it and stuff like that. And I want to make sure, you know, with both of them being uh, parents, um, I want to make sure that where they're at in life, they're, they're in a spot where doing a contest prep is going to uh, include full support from their significant others and loved ones, because I think that's very important, um, along with making sure, okay, if we do this show that's for certain enough time that one, your health is going to be back in a spot where we're able to do the show. And two, um, you know, that's enough time that we know for a fact improvements are going to be made to bring a better physique than you previously brought. Um, so I I think potentially, um, you know, again, we're going to have to see blood work before knowing for certain anything, but if everything were to come back fine, which I'm expecting it will, uh, I think both of them will have opportunity to compete within the next year if it's if it lines up with their their life and everything. Um, and hopefully, you know, just one continue to improve as their coach and working with them and having more experience working with them. Um, and as a result, hopefully making a qualification for the Olympian 2021, or if timeline shows that we need a little bit longer and a pro qualifier that we're shooting for isn't for 2021 and it's for 2022, then that's what we'll do as well. But, um, you know, after working with both of them, I I can say that we have good enough chemistry and they have enough trust that we can both be on the same page and not feel like we have to rush anything whatsoever and both be, confident and comfortable with setting goals and and timelines that are needed. 
Their realistic goals. Yeah. You see a lot of athletes, man, they just compete, 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 and then they get the same results, and they're like... Those are they you, athletes. Yeah, and then they text you, and they're like, bro, man, you see what the hell the judges... Da, da, da. Man, listen, just be unbeatable. Just be undeniable. And the, the way to do that, you got to improve. And you can't improve doing shows every week. Yeah, and but we don't just slide by, you know. And two... You know, at the age you guys are at and with your kids and stuff like that, you know, I, I think that you have opportunity to be competitive at the Olympia level and make it there and, you know, earn your spot into the top tens and work into the top five, stuff like that. Um, and if we're competing every year just to try and slide into the show, yeah. you know, the end goal isn't to make it to the Olympia. You know, the end goal is to be competitive on the Olympia stage. And if we just compete every single year, year after year, we're kind of just going to be spinning our tires in mud and eventually you're going to slip by and get in. But it's kind of like we just wasted the next three years to just make it to the Olympia versus, you know, take those however long needed off, make the improvements, win a pro show and go make your name on the Olympia stage. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree. Yeah, I don't want to. I ain't trying to be no Instagram athlete that that has to go on my page afterwards and be like, "Well, I guess today the judges weren't after my look." Like, <laughs> no, bro. So political. I guess they want. They haven't look. been after your look for the last five shows in a row. Yeah. They've never let you look. It's like, when are you gonna take the time to look yourself in the mirror and be like? I feel like a couple of us have the same guy in mind right now. <laughs> oh my God. I ain't gonna say no names. Exactly you're talking about. I ain't gonna oh, say no names. Yeah. That's funny. All right. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up by talking some shit like we like to do. Let's talk about this year's Olympia. So how do you guys feel about the outcome in the classic physique division? You happy with it? Um, We can talk top five. We can talk, you know, top 10, whatever you guys want to talk about. Who did you see up on that stage that you really liked their look that you were happy with? Um, And then kind of how do you see yourself competing up there as well? Because, I mean, Jarek, at the Chicago, you were second to a guy who was who was top five up there. Yeah. Um, and with me being there, um, you know, live um, in person, it's definitely you could just the energy in the room will tell you who won or lost. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to watching it online. Um, and and I, I feel like all the placings were what it needed to be. Um, uh, uh, in classic, uh, rough came pretty close. I think it could have went either way. Um, they both made improvements. Um, and I think, I think that's, that should be the side factor too. Like how did they improve from last year? Cause a lot of those guys go up there and they look the same from last year. You see what I'm saying? I think rough and, um, and, uh, Seabum were like the most improved in classic to, in, in my opinion, uh, big Ramy, they were screaming his name, like in the, in the whole, in the auditorium, they were screaming his name. You're like, Rami, Rami. Like, even after um, Phil came off stage, they were just screaming uh, Rami's name. It was crazy. You know that has an impact on the judge's mind. Yeah. Like, sitting there, okay, yeah. Like, it's it's so close. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Rami's got it. He's crazy. Not, yeah. not, to mention, not to mention Brandy came in downsized. That did not help. <clears throat> he, needed, he needed to play his game, and he did not. He tried to play Phil's game. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. yeah. With uh, the classic division, is I definitely agree with uh, Chris and Terrence being in the top two. In the top two, um, 
I've always been a fan of Terrence. And then after we met him in Tampa, Jarek, he was so cool of a dude. I saw him at Nationals, talked to him then, too. Um, so after meeting him, too, I, I was still a little bit even more biased then because I was like, oh, man, like he's a nice dude, too. Um, but his conditioning and everything, when I saw him on stage, he showed up and he was on point. Um, and I think the top one or two could have gone either way. But I think whenever you're the defending champ like Bumstead, um, I think to dethrone that, you just got to really be better than somebody to take away a title. Um, so I think, it, I think it was pretty fair with the improvements that Chris made and how Terrence showed up so on and everything like that. Um, it made me kind of question, you know, is Breon getting a little old? You know, is, is he starting to fade out of his prime? Like, what's going on here? But I, I was I was happy for Terrence. Yeah, I was I agree. I, I think the same thing. Uh, but it, it showed me it gave me some confidence because Terrence is truly classic. Like he's he's the total package. Like he could, you could just throw him into the, into the eighties or whenever the golden era is you want to say, but you could, you could throw him back in them days and like he would fit right in, you know, as far as posing and stage presence and just, just, just style, just overall style. So that I was super happy about that. Cause I've always been a little bit intimidated by Breon um, because of the fact that like, we're not like we're different styles. Like he's, He's like a bodybuilder, pretty much. Like he's <clears throat> he's a complete physique, and he's he's hard and full and just developed. And the fact that that didn't matter, they wanted it. They wanted a certain look. They wanted a certain type of physique. Like I was like, oh fuck yeah, let's go. Like, and I feel sorry for Breon, but you know, it's like a Sean Ray type situation or a. I don't know, somebody else that never could win, you know, you know what I mean, that they, they were, they were the great, they might in a different timeline, they might be the best ever, but it's just nothing you can do about it. Those guys, Chris, and especially Terrence, like Terrence to me is like the definition of classic physique. And uh, yeah, that was really, that was inspiring for me because it's like, okay, like posing and shit does matter that much. Yeah, like it solidified, it, it validated, um, me being the division, yeah, uh, with, with with Rough Diesel up there, man, it, it man, it was it was crazy. Y'all had to look at it too, like uh, you know, when you for him to play second at the O, like it, I know if I were his coach or if I were Terrence, I would have walked away feeling like I had won the O. You know what I mean? And him yeah. and Chris, feel like that. If you if you just follow him on Instagram, you you can tell the vibe. And he him loved- and. Uh, Terrence and Chris, they both have two totally different looks. So I think what's neat is, you know, it shows two totally different looks and avenues and opportunities for different looking athletes to come up and make their way into the the higher rankings of the league or, you know, kind of show what that criteria and standard is and show, you know, you don't have to be, you know, six foot pulling a crazy vacuum with high lat inserts like Bumstead, you know, we you got to address that. We got to address that. I hope, I hope anybody and everybody watching this, like get the fuck out of here with this. You got to be tall shit. What the fuck are we talking about? Who came up with that? Just cause Bumstead's tall. That's it. Get the fuck out of here with that. I'm tired of it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with being tall. Being tall helps. It can definitely help you fill out that frame and you're huge as shit. But you do not have to be tall to win shit. At all. It's really annoying. I, but I don't know if y'all know this, though, but 
Rev Diesel was like five pounds under cap. Like he has still has more room to even improve. I think I think the size game, y'all can y'all can get I that up too. I think Terrence has got some Olympias in him. You know, I think it's just gonna be a matter of time of being consistent and Chris showing up off and him walking in that door. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. another thing, like Bumstead's physique, uh, like his legs and stuff, like some of his inserts and some of his lines are like I don't know if it's injuries or like I don't know, but they're they're just like a little fucked up. And uh which they look great, but Terrence is like everything is clean and like perfect. Yeah, Chris has like meat tenderized quads. <laughs> His quads are a little funky. It looks like he's. It looks like he's working with like a torn hamstring too. He's got like a balled up hamstring in the back. And if I followed him a long, long time ago, and that man used to do some insane stuff to some heavy weights in the gym, which he yeah. no longer does anymore. So I wonder if you're right. If he is working through some injuries, he did mention last year leading up to the Olympia that he injured his hamstring. Yeah. As far as the quads, though, that's I, that's kind of always I've always noticed that. I was that's like, genetic, yeah. But but yeah, Olympia was All right. Lit. Definitely, gentlemen. Anything you'd like to circle back to before we wrap this thing up? Call it a day. Cam, Jarek, JT. It's been a good one. Anything? Uh, Jarek's forfeiting his pro card and going into super heavyweights to requalify for the pro league. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Now that sounds fun. Yeah, you're putting bad ideas in. You're putting bad ideas in JT's head. He already wants. He's already. We already talked, and I was like, "Man, your response was pretty crazy." Uh, I filled out your weight cap, and you're only one pro show in. So he was like, "I mean, man, if I just end up growing, like, if I can be a bodybuilder, let's be a bodybuilder." Yeah, he was around and beef up for the hell of it. Yeah. Maybe I could kill myself for 212 one time, see how it goes. Hey, we believe in you. We believe in you. All right, folks. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for watching. You might see these guys back for a Q&A episode, possibly. So go give them a follow on Instagram. Ask them some questions. Jarek, where can they find you on the IGs? Uh, at Jarek Crew, J-A-R-E-K underscore Crew, C-R-E-W. Keep it simple. And JT? underscore JT physique and uh, I guess JT physique team is uh, is my squad athletes you know I like these guys not one of them neither of them has IFBB in the tag because that shit is played out and lame Cameron <laughs> underscore cheek underscore IFBB pro is that where they can find you sir <laughs> for sure not Definitely not. IFBB Pro Elite Coach number one. <laughs> SNB soon to be <laughs> underscore IFBB Pro Classic Physique twenty twenty seven. Tag under tag SNBF Pro. Yeah, top six nationals. Top everyone, four. everyone who has that shit in their tag and bio, just thumbs down this video. So we just got mega <laughs> fucked by the algorithm. You can find me at Gifted Performance at the underscore Squat Father on Instagram. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks for coming by, and as always, guys, stay gifted. Peace. Later.